Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome back to the show, everybody. And this week on The Deal Board, we're talking all things marketing and how marketing not only affects your business, but the sale of your business as well. And we've got some great guests on the show, right, Andy? We do. We have Jess Boja, our social media partner. Again, he's you've seen him around on some of our podcasts and some of our Facebook Lives. Uh, he's certainly a dynamic individual talking about the opportunities these days. And I think there's a ton of opportunities for small business. I mean, it it is never better to be able to go out there and guerrilla market through even social media and other ways. Right. I mean, sometimes it's even overwhelming for small business owners, but there are so many options. I mean, if you just think 10, 20 years ago, you know, there wasn't things like internet advertising and social media. And so now we have all of those avenues to market our business, plus the traditional ones. Like we have a guest on our show today, uh, Robert Curtis Smith, that talks about disruptive marketing and not disruptive like Uber taking over like the taxi cab business, but disruptive like a different way to get in front of decision makers and avoid gaming gatekeepers. Um, so you've got all the tech marketing activities out there that's available to your business and then all the traditional. And the great news is a lot of this stuff, the cost has come down or some of it's even still free. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's free. And even when I had a small business in Connecticut, our little pasta shop, I mean, you know, the first thing we did was go out there and get flyers and put them out on. I remember we did this. We, we put flyers out at the local DMV, uh, for our, pasta shop that we we're serving lunch and we got run over one day. I mean, we were literally uh, lying in the parking lot so tired after the day because we didn't realize how good it would work, all this marketing. And so marketing works. You always have to be marketing in your business. Right. And we talked, uh, Robert and I also talk about metrics and tracking your marketing activities. And that's the one thing that I think has been the greatest innovation in marketing and advertising over the last decade is being able to track your activities and see what works and see what's bringing you leads and business. And that's how you calculate your return on investment. Um, and the greatest thing about that now is you can see what's working, dump more time and effort into those activities, and you can significantly change the revenue of your business, sometimes overnight, like the pasta shop. Yeah, I mean, I, I see it all the time. We see it all the time when people buy a business. One of the things that they can make a major mistake on is somehow curtail the marketing that the old owner was doing or not increase it. And I would say if you buy a business, the first thing you need to do is increase the marketing. And, you know, of course, go to your social uh, circles first and be able to use social media. I mean, there's a ton of ideas in today's show that we can, you know, people could really move the needle. And like you said, I, you know, I, I do agree that, you know, you could track a lot of things, but I always say, don't overthink it. Don't have paralysis by analysis. Just go out there and do it first. I mean, you could always track it later, but just go out there and get it done. Yeah, just try something, you know, and I think 
the, the over like the overarching message today is just try something. That's what you're talking about, Andy. And there's so many ideas. So whether you're in the position where you're thinking about buying a business, there's a lot of opportunities in these businesses that are for sale right now to increase the marketing spend. Cause a lot of, you know, businesses that have been in business for five, 10, sometimes 20 or 40 years have gotten comfortable and they've done the same thing over and over because it works, which is great, but you can always enhance the marketing. So if you're a buyer, there's tons of ideas in the show for you today, as well as if you're a seller, if you're getting ready to sell your business, there is things you can do, marketing strategy you can do that can change the value of your business, like we said, in the short term. So we hope you get a lot out of today's episode. As always, let us know if you have any questions or show ideas. You can visit us at tworld.com slash the deal board. We have a new website launching soon, which we'll talk about as well in an upcoming show. But I I think today's show is really great and a lot of great expert advice. A lot of good advice. Let's go to it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we have a very special guest with Jess and Ira today. And we have we have another Jess. And that's the yeah. we have Jess Boja from Exponential Media, our social media partner here at Transworld. Uh, he's been doing great things. Uh, he's also a Transworld agent, which I'll let him promote at the end of this. But uh we are talking about social media again. Uh, why? Because it's really important. Uh, to branding yourself out there. And we're talking about how to create value in those companies. And uh, we talked earlier about uh, what the valuation metrics are and, and how they're changing and all those kind of things. And Jess, uh, I, I, I have to call you Jessica at this point <laughs> because we have to yeah. distinguish. So Jessica, you know, what are, you know, we, we're seeing a lot in this in this space. I mean, it's just exploding. Yeah. I mean, you have all the companies now that are are online companies, right? They just operate online, but it's also growing for traditional companies, brick and mortar, blue collar industries, having these digital assets and the social capital is really important, not just to their business, but ultimately to their valuation and sales. So Jess, it's great to have you join us today. You're an expert in this industry and talk to us, actually introduce yourself first and then talk to us a little bit about, you know, what you're seeing in the landscape and what business owners should be paying attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Andy and Jessica for having me on. I lead a digital marketing company called Exponential Media. We're based in Taos and we have a couple satellite offices. And we've been, uh, I've been doing social media marketing for about 10 years now. And, uh, and, and there's a couple of key things that companies um, have that have actually added um, value and, and kind of different assets than probably in past uh, valuations of company. Number one is their social influence. How many followers matter, especially on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, also, their ability, some companies uh, are can generate leads themselves, and that's a valuable thing. As we know, as Transworld agents, leads are very critical and key. And so some companies have uh, really good lead systems, and that makes them more valuable um, because it doesn't really matter who's leading the company. If they can bring leads into the company, that sale can transition well from one co- one owner to, or to another owner. Um, 
their, I guess their, their influence through video, YouTube channels, um, even podcasts, the ability for them to speak and things happen, change, um, connections that they have, you know, virtual connections that are, are valuable now. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff. I mean, uh, we are seeing it when we're selling a business. And Jessica, oh, I, I could think back to when you interviewed your friend about how she built her whole company on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Carrie Cole, uh, she was one of the founding employees for Becca Cosmetics. And Becca was acquired by Estee Lauder purely, I would say purely, but the main reason was because of their social capital. So they, she started building on Instagram probably about eight, nine years ago, a couple followers. She texted me every time she posted and said, will you like or reshare this? And, you know, over time it grew to a few million followers and they do most of their sales uh, through there and through influencers. And I think it was a, it was, I think a $200 million <laughs> transaction or something like that. And most of the value was from their social capital. So it, it is very, very powerful. I mean, Jess, you see it both from your social media experience and as a broker, where do you think companies are kind of missing the boat or where are their biggest opportunities to increase their value through social? Um, I, I guess have websites need to um, make sure that they're converting uh, uh, people that are searching on Google or different search engines, making, making sure that their website is very optimized, especially with videos on them. The more videos that are being, you know, that are relevant, the higher they're, they're standing on Google. So I think honestly, a lot of opportunities left on the table with that. A lot of websites haven't um, taken that, you know, that turn uh, and, and, and went in that direction. People have websites and they've been helpful, but now a lot of people obviously have gone there and it's kind of left a lot of people um, in, in the back seat. So there's a great opportunity just to uh, just update your website, you know, get some videos, regular video content on there, make sure the content is, is, um, friendly to Google. So you, a lot of times we need, we, we try, we think about our business the way we think about it. We, but we need to think about our businesses, how people think about them, because when they search in Google, that's what matters more than anything about what's on your website. Um, and so updating the content is very critical and key. Um, you know, to dig a little deeper on, on followers, it's, it's important because a lot of people can buy followers. You can buy followers. And we've seen it, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. People have done that before and it actually really hurts people's social media presence. So if somebody was buying a business and, and those things mattered, I would want really good reports. Um, especially I would want to know if their, their accounts are verified because you can't get account verified through Instagram or Facebook if you have fake followers. So that's a, a key thing. So you want to see all those social media reports um, to make sure everything's legit. Um, so I think those are two key and critical things to, to focus yeah, on. Yeah, that is a, is a great point because we were literally at an event last night and we were talking to a very successful business owner. Uh, and I know that he's thinking about making an exit. Well, I won't talk about what kind of business it was. But he literally showed uh, Jess his phone and he has over a million followers. And and Jess was just flipping through a, a few things and immediately picked up on that. He doesn't get a lot of likes on his posts, so which means that his followers are probably fake, right? Yeah. 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 He, he had 100,000 100, followers on Facebook, but 70 views on a video. You know, mm -hmm. there's, I mean, people by Didn't accident make should see that video if you have 100,000 real people. So then when we did is we went through the followers and you could see that they're fake accounts. Right. So, so you want to make sure that it's legitimate and uh, it's not that difficult to do, to do, but 
Yeah. I mean, I think going back to one of your original points, Jess, is like, you know, social media is meant to generate brand awareness and ultimately leads or conversations with your core demographic, right? So buying followers just to have a million followers to have a million followers doesn't mean anything if you're not engaging and conversing with your customers. And I think that's where um, some companies miss the boat in this this whole social media revolution. Is it's about having conversations with prospects and customers. It's not about a number or a blue check mark next to your profile. Absolutely, so. you're absolutely right, Jess. I think that the key thing also it's not necessarily to promote ourselves, but what you said is is so important. It's how do we use our content to start conversations. The more conversations you could get it in, the more customers you could you could develop. Well, it's it. it, it we just did a show or you know, a couple of weeks ago that we released uh, talking about how to do good in the community, right? Doing right. well by doing good. Um, and so one of the key points is giving back first, is creating value in the community first, because then people, of course, will trust you and be able to give you business or willing to refer you business. Sort of the same thing on social media, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What I think the, the the cool thing about being your social media partner is Andy and even Jessica, you guys are super successful. And uh, well, I know this is with, true with Andy, super successful for years, but not really a great social media strategy. And all we did was just document some simple things Andy's been doing. And then we went to that, that, that party, that reception last night for the nonprofit. Everybody has seen Andy's stuff. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, you know, walking around and I was introducing uh, just to them and in, introducing uh, him and Jordan as our social media partners. And they're like, oh, we've seen the videos. Yeah. And they, and it's pretty funny. They all love the videos, yeah, which yeah. is which is really okay. good, too. Yeah. So there there is ways to. Uh, but and what's the incredible thing is there's ways to increase the value of your business. Say you were thinking about selling your business. Right. And you said, hey, I need, and we t- always tell people, two years before you sell your business, that's when you want to put the foot on the accelerator yeah. pedal, not take it off. So they can build up a social media presence and and boost sales pretty inexpensively. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, what, as, a, you know, as a business broker, what we find sometimes is people are at, at that point of selling their business, they're kind of stressed, and they're not engaging social media, their website's not up to date. And obviously, as we just said, the reverse would be the best. If they just engage social media, make sure all their their, their digital platforms are, are up to date, they could get more money for their business. Right. Or, I mean, it could be an opportunity for a buyer as well, right? It's so the words to, out of my mouth. No, it was perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. perfect. I mean, I talk, to, I talk to buyers all the time. And if you know what you're good at, right? Like my, my background before I owned businesses was um, online marketing, right? So I know I'm good at online marketing. So if I'm searching for a business, I can be searching for one who's not taking advantage of social or digital. And that's where I can really add value to that company. So as a buyer, I want to be turned off by a company that's not performing well in social or maybe doesn't even have social profiles or even there's still companies out there that don't have websites, right? And you could view it as a negative or you could view it as a big opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, just the opposite. Yeah, I would want to buy one of those businesses. There's just so much upside. And we see that, you know, listen, and we've talked about that in valuation that people buy for potential. They don't necessarily pay for it. But uh, 
lots of good things. Uh, Jess, it, you know, we're going we're gonna to have them back, obviously, as we go down this road and we're, we're creating more content and uh, having and be and that's what we love to do. We love to share the things that we're doing that work for us. So uh, well, I think the cool thing, though, is you told me yesterday is this one friend referred you to businesses recently. Right. Two, two, two leads came out of his. Life. Yeah. And I've known him for 10 years and I, you know, and, and they, he referred me the business because he didn't realize that we were a worldwide presence. And he did. And he's like, I've been watching your videos. And he said, uh, you know, I, I have a great client uh, that was a little bit outside of our area, but they're like, you know, obviously you're the right company. So it, it was, it was a perfect referral. Uh, I got another referral by someone I was in leadership Broward with 15 years ago. There's no way that he connected the dots of remembering me without seeing me on social. So all those things are great. And, uh, and, and, and Jess is available to other businesses. If you want to uh, get a boost or get some advice from uh, Jess and exponential media, and you can look them up, but why don't you give them your yeah. contact information? Yeah, absolutely. We offer a free strategy session with all of our you know people that are looking uh, to maybe go on to digital marketing or increase their digital platform. So you can check out our website. It's myexpomedia.com. There's a couple buttons there. You could schedule a strategy session with me, and I'd love to just chat with you and see what we could do to help you. He's a great yeah. guy. He's a great guy to chat with. And uh, just yeah, and if you want, yeah, if you want to see his work, uh, check out Transworld Business Advisors on all the the major platforms. Also, Andy Jess is doing um, Andy Andy Cagnetta. So on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. If you want to see some of examples of his work, check us out and follow us there. Great. Thanks for coming in again, yeah, Jess. No problem. Thank you, Jess. Thanks, Thanks. Jess. Thank right. you. Thanks, Andy. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Welcome back to our social media and marketing show. And today we have a different type of deal of the week. We have Dustin joining us from our Transworld Rocky Mountain team. He's actually a business broker now, but became a business broker through the sale of his very successful co coffee company, Black Eye, um, just a couple of years ago. So Dustin, welcome back to the show. Hi, always, always happy to be here. Great. Well, why don't you tell us kind of your story of you know, just give us a, a background of what, what Black Eye was, what you guys were known for in the community, because you were very well known. We were. Yeah, we, we were lucky enough that, you know, when we started Black Eye, it was back in 2011, and we were one of the first uh, craft coffee shops here in Denver. So, you know, we really took an approach to creating a very elevated cup of coffee, but not snooty. You know, we wanted to be the best part of somebody's day uh, and be part of their daily habit. Uh, and not really push anybody out and, and not be accessible to everyone. So we kind of ran this fine line of delivering high quality products, but just building a very good community and communal space to be in. Right. And if you're not familiar, we're in the Denver market and, and coffee and coffee shop culture is kind of like a thing here now, as it is in some other markets. But you guys were really leaders in that movement. But part of the way you led that movement and built your business was through social media. So tell us a little bit about that, about how how you built the social media presence and like how did it affect your business ultimately? Yeah, you know, um, I knew it was kind of a necessary evil um, and but I also knew that it was going to be really fun and that I could actually kind of get in there and dictate and, and really just showcase, you know, what Black Eye does and, uh, or did, not mine anymore. So, you know, with social media, just, you know, take Instagram, for example, you know, we had over 15,000 followers when I sold the business. 
uh, all organic, nothing paved. You know, we didn't do any type of things like that. So there were genuine likes and followers, you know, and I could put up a, a drink special and I could actually track sales, you know, for the week and how they elevated on this drink special. You know, I could, uh, you know, showcase a menu item that we've had on the menu for a while that might be a little bit slow and I could actually watch sales creep up because I got in front of 15,000 different eyes, you know, and said, Hey, we've, we've got this great menu item, come on and try it, you know, and actually create real traction uh, just off of a single Instagram post. So it was really fun to watch that and be able to swing somebody you know, swing somebody's day with it. You know, uh, you think about when people typically check their Instagram, you know, it's first thing in the morning when they're just getting up and making coffee or getting out of the house, you know, and then it's kind of after lunch when there's a little bit of downtime from whatever they're doing. So, you know, if I post up with something really tasty looking, somebody might stop by that morning and pick it up just because they saw it. That's really interesting. And I love how like you can just, you know, ultimately direct sales. And what I think is really um, interesting about social media is like, yes, it's become unnecessarily evil, but you can direct and increase sales almost immediately, just like you did with the shop. So now that you're a business broker, right? And you mm-hmm. look at the success that you had with Black Eye through the sale of Black Eye, which is still doing very well. Um, if anyone wants mm-hmm. to check them out in the low high neighborhood, how do you think the social media presence and your marketing affected the sale of your business? I think because of our presence and our brand awareness, we were actually able to uh, get a better sales price than what we probably would have had we not had that stuff in place. So, you know, we can we can could show examples of sales trends based on posts, and you know give that as essentially a marketing strategy to the new owners so that they could you know up their revenue as well. So I I I think it was super valuable to be honest with you, and um, so valuable that it's you know it's led me as a director to create my own uh, Instagram and really start marketing myself up just to know what it does and what it can return. That's great. Well, that kind of leads us into our next question is we appreciate you sharing your story as always, but if anyone gets to get in touch with you to talk coffee or more probably about selling their business, how can they reach you? Sure. You can give me a call on my cell phone. Uh, I'll give out my real number, 970-618-9330. Or if you want to shoot me an email, it's going to be dustin at tworlddenver.com. Great. Thanks for joining us on the show again, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. And today, as you know, we're talking about marketing and social media and how they play a role in the sale of your company. And I'm very excited. We have a special guest joining us today. Robert Smith is the CEO of Accelerate, a leading marketing growth company with offices in Denver and Colorado Springs that specializes in providing disruptive marketing. Robert is the master practitioner of disruptive marketing. He has achieved what he calls wow success for small and medium-sized businesses in more than 200 major industries using unconventional disruptive marketing and is positioned as one of America's top marketers. He has been quoted in the Wall Street Journal, NBC, amongst countless articles in various business publications. He shows SMBs how to dominate niches in national, regional, and local markets and coaches them how to increase the valuation of their business three, four, or even five times by building effective, disruptive, and sustainable marketing programs. 
His gemination-based marketing programs have added over $750 million for his SMB clients at higher profits than they ever thought possible. Robert is uniquely qualified in helping business owners create powerful marketing programs during their exit planning process to prepare for a liquidity event or a sale. As a joint venture partner and president of the Orarium Group, for a financial exit planning business, achieved over $189 million in new sales in just one and a half years in the New York marketplace while he was also commuting from Denver, Colorado. He attributes all of the success to using this disruptive marketing. Robert, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Jessica. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, so, I mean, you've, you have so many great accomplishments and it ties so well into this episode about marketing and exits and all that stuff. But why don't you just start by telling us, you know, what is your position or what do you see marketing's role in the building of a company for sale? Well, you know, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. You know, one of the problems that I really see that, that companies come into, and that is, is the very fact that, you know, if you're preparing for a sale or liquidity event of some nature, it's really, really important to realize that whoever's coming and looking at your business, especially from a valuation point of view, they're looking at value. And as far as like, how far is this going to be sustainable? Like, is what are they doing relative to where are they going? Where, is this, where have they positioned this company over the, like the next two or three years when they actually are going to, when they take over the business as well? And so one of the things that I found out is, is that there's nothing better to show a prospective prospect who wants to buy your company and things, the type of positioning that you've taken within, you know, within, you know, what you've done for your company uh, for them to look at because they're looking at it from a standpoint, okay, I'm buying this company for a reason. The reason is it's profitable. And so if I'm going to pay X, Y, Z for it, how profitable is it? Well, it can only be profitable if you're having, you know, big wins with your clients and your market base out there relative to making sure two things. One is that it has what I call, you know, short-term hits and also long-term sustainability. So, yeah, that's how they're going to be looking at it. And I'll give you a couple stories here in a minute to explain that. Yeah, it, it actually ties in a lot of what we talk about in in during this podcast is they're going to pay you for your current success, but they're buying your business also for the opportunity of future success. And so what you're kind of talking about too, is what, you know, what systems or, you know, what uh, marketing programs have they built that can result in future success as well? Yeah. And I, and I appreciate that because I think that, you know, one, a lot of times when we're saying that we're building our, our marketing, one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is they don't understand strategic design, like from the standpoint of saying that, gee, we really need a strategy in order to be able to, um, you know, sustain our marketing. Whoever's going to be buying us and whoever's going to be prepared. We have to be able to tell them what our strategy is. We have to be able to show them specifically what the tactics are that we're using in order to keep this business, you know, growing and expanding at, you know, anywhere from 10 to 30% a year. And then from there, how do they, how do, how are they going to know that from a predictability point of view, that this business is going to maintain what it's actually doing? And I think that part of one of the things has to do with not only from a standpoint of, you know, the strategic side, but is it disruptive by nature? And I always have to ask, the question do you look like you know like what i call as exciting as watching paint dry on the wall or is your marketing the same as everybody else 
meaning that everybody does the same thing, same stuff, same strategy, same tactics. And, you know, they get into their SEO and SMM and all their online digital platform things and saying, this is what we're doing. And this is what gives us value, which I doubt that it will. Uh, or two is, look at we're a, disrupt, we're a disruptor in our industry and people notice us more than they do everybody else and here's why. And so you can actually show them specifically what you're doing in order to maintain that disruption. And I call those, um, <laughs> this might sound really strange, but I call those eyebrow raisers, right. you know, because eyebrow raisers are like people in the marketplace that you're actually marketing to they write, they have responses like, oh, wow, this is cool. Oh, I like this. You know, what is the, what is, I need to know more. Wow, this is a great way to greet customers, you know, or, oh my God, this is amazing. Those are the responses you're looking for in building the type of disruption in order to get noticed. And I think that that's one of the biggest misnomers with digital marketing is, is that, you know, people actually think that they're going to like just massively, you know, bombard people with content. And they think it's going to work at levels that, and especially with SMBs, you know, I mean, larger corporations, that's a different conversation. So this is, I'm, I'm talking about small to middle-sized businesses. Right. And and I love that. I love how you brought up, like, um, you know, all the time when we hear this term disruptive, I think a lot of um, business owners, especially small business owners think, of, you know, how can I be disruptive in my industry? And they, they equate disrupt disruption to, you know, Uber coming in and disrupting the taxi industry and things like that. But I love how you mentioned, you know, it could be as simple as a way to greet customers that's different than typical in the industry. And I think when you break it down like that, creating disruptive marketing isn't as heavy of a lift or as much like brain surgery type things as, as we think about. So I don't know, do you have like examples or a, a process of how you talk to SMBs and help them find what this disruptive marketing um, process is in their business? Sure. So, you know, one of the things you have to identify is the buying criteria. How is that? Where's the buyer's journey? Like, okay. So like from an example, how do they actually really hear about you? And I'll give you an example. There was a software company actually up in Denver and they handled a, a, a situation called con uh, channel conflict management, which is one of those issues where large corporations actually want to go and sell their products on the internet. And then they also have large big box retailers that are um, selling their products too. And that's called a channel conflict. So one of the problems that occurs with that is, is that people that these big box retailers aren't going to want to sell their products, carry them if they're selling over the top of them. Well, this company came up with some software that actually managed that. They're a small business and they needed to get into these Fortune 500s in order to be able to get people to pay attention to them. And so one of the things that they did was they were actually, the decision was at the C-suite of these Fortune 500s. And so they did this huge campaign, launched this thing out, did all this stuff and everything like this. And the whole thing was a fiasco. Like it didn't work at all. And they called us up and we went up there and we have a process that we take people through called the generation process, which is actually gives them their identifiable strategy. And one of the things that we noticed was, yeah, fine. You, your, your, your decision might be at the C-suite, but that's not the decision maker for the campaign. So what we did was we decided that who we we're going to target was the executive assistant of the CEO of these fortune 500. That's what we decided. And we actually, so in order to reach them, what we did was we hired two women salespeople. They called them and they, they said to the executive assistant, they said this, right? 
something very specific. I can't quote it exactly, but it went something like this was that they said, hi, I'm so-and-so from this company. And uh, we have a package we'd like to sell, show you about our services, uh, about our company and software. And, and we think that you know more about your company than anybody else. And if you think that your boss uh, might want to see this package and the services that we provide, would you take it in and show it to them? And if not, please have the package picked up. We'll, we'll just have it picked up and send it back. Well, what was interesting was we had over a 90% response rate of, of people saying, yeah, please send it to them. Do you know why? No, this what? is really interesting. Yeah. The reason is, is that what do most people do with gatekeepers, right? We want to try and get around gatekeepers as opposed yeah. to making them the decision maker, right? Yeah. So we're telling them, you're the decision maker. You make the decision whether we're going to do business with your company or not. So what we did then was we actually, we produced a, like a little three-minute video, downloaded it onto a, uh, a Macintosh computer, put a Mac, uh, put the Mac inside of a Halliburton spy case along with a smartphone, and we locked that thing up, and we put it in a FedEx box, and we shipped it off to them. And what we found out is the response, so that she, they would actually get this box, They'd open it up and it had a label on the outside of this case and it said, open me, here's a combo. And they open up the combo, open it up, and there's a, there's a MacBook Pro sitting there. And they open that up and they push it and turn it on. And it had the three-minute prompt and prompt them to pick up the phone. The phone actually connected them directly back to the salespeople back at the company. Mm-hmm. Well, what was interesting was, was that this generated over $24 million worth of new revenues on 42 days for a company that was only mm-hmm. doing about a million dollars a year. And um, so what I'm saying is, is that that's a huge disruptor. Conversely, now some people go, oh, my gosh, well, you know, I could never afford something like that, right? You know, because they think, well, that's really expensive. Well, actually, it really wasn't. (laughs) If you look at what the results were, I mean, who cares, you know? But at the same time, you know, there was another one. We had a little small dry cleaner that, you know, we found it was in one of our programs and, and uh, the owner came up to me and said, we'd really like to hire your company to help us and things like that, but we're not sure if we can really afford you. And I said, well, hey, that's really a good question, but we have three locations and we were preparing our business to sell it. We want to, you know, and I said, well, that's really fascinating. And I said, how are you going to grow? And she goes, well, our sales are kind of flat. And I said, well, I totally get it. And so we started talking and here's what happens, Jessica, with a lot of businesses. A lot of businesses, literally, this is no kidding me, <laughs> they all have hidden value, things that they do every day, but they don't realize how valuable it is to their customer base. And I found out that these, this dry cleaner would replace buttons on every shirt that was missing, right? So, and, you know, so every shirt that came in, a dress shirt and stuff, they would just replace the button and the missing one. But they never told any of their clients. They just thought it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So what we did was that, okay, so how could we use this to express and create disruptive value? So what we did was we created a really, and this was really simple. We created a, a big yellow smiley face, and we hung the smiley face on the each button that was replaced on the shirt when it came in. And so it's about four inches round, and we put this copy inside, and it went something like this. I, I can't quote this verbatim, but it's yeah. just something like, hi, I'm your magic button. You haven't see see your old one was missing, so they put me in its place. We thought you'd look rather strange walking around with this most important feature of your shirt, and I promised to do a better job than your other one. Oh, by the way, did you know we replace over twenty five thousand buttons a year's ways to, to let you know that we think you're very special? 
and then so-and-so. And if you want me to introduce you to your friends, let them know. This resulted in a 40% increase in their business in less than three months and over 60% in six months. And then actually went up a little bit higher after that. So the preparation for sale now, what happened to the valuation of that business? Do you see? It was like huge. Yeah, Yeah. it skyrocketed. And actually, like one of my questions was going to be for you. A lot of people think, you know, when you add a new marketing strategy or marketing campaign, it takes years and years to develop. But you just gave us two clear examples that, no, I mean, some of this can happen overnight. It can happen in 90 days. And then you're right. It can, I mean, double, triple, 5X your valuation because that's business you didn't have before, but it will be business going forward for the new buyer. Absolutely. And the other piece, too, is that they're still going to sustain the other things that you're doing anyway. But the point is, is you have to use disruption. And here's why. We live in the over-communication age. We're an over-communicated society. We're being bombarded in, with messaging that is, like, unprecedented. And in order to get people's attention, and then people come to me and they say, Robert, you know, we want to sell our business, and, you know, this is our valuation, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, well, well, that isn't very good. I said, wouldn't you rather get like a three or four X on this? And they said, well, yeah. And I said, well, it's going to relate to profitability, you know, one, one factor. And number two is your capacity and your ability to be able to meet that. But what would happen if we were able to show you like three or four specific ways in order to start increasing your market share now? Because right now, because you're right, Jessica, in today's world, it's like you have to, I think what it was when online marketing, it's like 15 to 20 touches and it's going to go up, it's crazy. you know, before people start paying attention. And that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So Robert, I mean, this is, this is great in the stories. I mean, I, I think they relate to our customer base totally. But what I also love about your story is that you don't just do this for other companies. You, you've actually done it for yourself and built and sold a number of companies yourself as well, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, one company that I built, it was really fun. I couldn't get anybody to hire me as a consultant. Like nobody would pay my fees. And so I was like really frustrated. Yeah, you know, I go out and meet with people and we talk about it forever. And they ended up being in proposals and RFPs and all that other stuff. And that was just such a long sales cycle. It was ridiculous. So what I decided to do was I started to speak and, and we started to build in. We started to do seminars and we did seminars on, on this very topic on disruptive marketing and we'd get like, you know, we were having like 100 people just show up to these seminars and then like 150, 200, like that. And what happened was that we found out that if people could see us and experience us, they would actually like, they would actually hire us. But here's what was really different. We actually created this thing called, you know, the jungle theme. And what happened was we would actually go into a hotel room and we would like transform the entire uh, hotel ballroom into a business jungle. We had palm trees, we had fireflies from the ceiling, we had fog, we had like lion noises and elephant noises, so it really sounded like it. We had jungle donuts, which are also known as bananas. We had all different types of things, and we had wonderful workbooks, and it was like about, you know, a six-hour program, and it was literally amazing. And this business actually took off. And what started to happen, and then we started to sell uh, books and tapes in the back of the room. And we were doing close to six to 700 seminars a year nationwide. We had eight trainers in the air at all times and in the cities. And we ended up, you know, uh, and then our consultants and our metrics changed dramatically, you know, from 
you know, ten to twenty thousand dollars a seminar up to close to a hundred thousand dollars a seminar, and and then when we actually started to look from our revenue side, but when we actually looked at it from a valuation side, we realized that the valuation came from not only just our deliver our marketing of getting people to the door, but their experience. Because if people would get it that they start selling and marketing experiences like we did in the seminar. People loved this thing. It was really great. And then we sold it to a larger national company in Overland Park, Kansas. For uh, <laughs> it, it was a nice number, and uh, and they bought the seminar piece, and we kept the consulting piece. But uh, it was really, really fun. And that business, like, I mean, it literally, we were wondering what was going to really like take it over the top. And between the books and the tapes and the experience of people being in that business jungle is what really, really made the difference. I mean. Uh, that's a lot of seminars to do in a year. It really is. Seminars. But I mean, same going back to the disruption, if you think about it, I mean, how cool is it to go to a business seminar that's, you know, dressed up as a jungle versus your standard ballroom that we've all sat in and and stared at a wall for hours. So again, bring the disruption in a very unique and positive way. Um, But Robert, before we we dive into, you know, how people can work with you and talk further, uh, why don't we just wrap up with, you know, most of our listeners are thinking about selling their business. So let's say they're about a year out from selling their business and they're in the preparation process. What would be some tips, like two or three tips that you would give them to start this journey of figuring out how to disrupt their marketing and how to incorporate it into the business before they go to sell? Okay, great. Those are really great. That's a really great question. You know, I think that number one is actually look at your marketing and ask yourself a couple things, you know, uh, what's your, what's your value proposition really? Like, is it, you know, and a lot of people don't understand, like go to your website and really like look at it from a standpoint. Is, is this a, is this a type of website that people actually are turned on by? Like, will they engage with you? And I'll just give you one example. We have a remodel, a small remodeler that's not so small anymore, but his, they put their value proposition on their website front and center and it's at wocinc.com and it's uh, called winds of change contractors and their value proposition is right in the middle because we'll complete your project on time and on budget or we'll pay the difference that's their value proposition and that's a disruption in that industry but that's right in the website so the first thing is go to your website and make sure that like it's a class world class because 99 percent of all clients will check you out in your website and that is really important. Number two, how are you engaging people relative to, you know, your whole way of being relative to your company itself? Because this is all marketing. And that goes everything from, you know, your physical appearance relative to if you're a retail place and how, what's the experience? How do people walk in? What is it that happens? You know, are your people really trained? Here's a really interesting one. Have your people trained in, in answering the telephone. This is like, sounds like somebody looked at me and they said, are you kidding me? And I'm going, no. I said, the telephone is the most used electronic piece of equipment. And in marketing, it's probably one of the most important. And yet nobody's trained on it. You know, so it's like, you know, how is that managed? And can you do things like disruption? And so, for example, we had a, we had a coach coaching company. And then that's what they did when the phone was actually, when they would call, they would, they would say something like, hi, I'm Robert Smith. I can help you. 
uh, and as opposed to, can I help you? Very important. Yep. And then we had coaching stuff going on in the back, sounded like, you know, an NFL ball game, you know, for music on hold and things mm-hmm. like that. And then, so that was the experience. And then thirdly is really, if you're really prepping your business for sale and things, go through every single aspect of your marketing and, and check it out and make sure that you can identify it, that you know what it is and you know what your financial metrics are. The first thing I do when I walk into a company, which is rather interesting, is I have to see their financials because I want to build a finance. I, we have a very proprietary financial metric modeling process that we take people through because they want to be able to know what is it that my marketing is really worth and what is it really producing, you know, like the cost per acquisition per client and things like this. Like, what really is that? And you must know those numbers. And that is really, really critical for valuation purposes and also for preparation purposes. Then that way, there's a person that's buying your business. You can give them the top six metrics that they're going to sit there and go, oh, my gosh, these people know what they're doing. This is a good business. This is a solid business. And it's obviously run very well. And those are the type of things from a marketing perspective that's really, really important because from a position of marketing and finance, the one thing that we impact, and this is what I focus on, I don't focus on revenue, I focus on profit. And uh, and it's like, I look at profitability, because that's what's going to drive your growth. And that's what's going to drive your expansion and uh, um, 10,000 other things that we could talk about for the next, you know, three hours. So, yeah. Well, and, and yeah, and drive your valuation. I mean, you're speaking to my heart. Profitability drives valuation. And I think it's, it's a great and unique approach. Um, I also think too, you know, even if you just did those three things that you just talked about, um, in your business, that is setting you apart from the businesses that for set that are for sale. I mean, you're probably in, if not the top 10%, the top 1% of business for sale, businesses for sale in your industry, just by doing those three little things. So I think those are great tips. I love this whole concept of disruptive marketing. Um, I'm going to go search for the buttons in my business um, because I, I love that example. But Robert, thank you so much for coming on the show. You have so much to offer our listeners. How can they get in touch with you or learn more about your programs and your company if they want to? Oh, that's great. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. They can reach me three different ways. Um, well, first, they can go to our website, which is accelerated.com, and that's spelled A-X as an X-ray, C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-D.com. And they can also send me an email at rsmith at accelerated.com, or they can reach me uh, personally. They can reach me at 719-338-4211. And if I'm not available, please have them leave a message and my executive assistant will get that message and she'll make sure that it gets over to me so that I can get back to them. Great. And we'll drop all of that information to the show notes uh, for those that you're listening, if you didn't quite catch it. But, you know, Robert Curtis Smith from Accelerate offers lots of great advice. He's also a speaker and trains on disruptive marketing, like we talked about, as well as strategy, market research, online advertising, financial metrics, everything you need to help prepare your business in the marketing segment of the business. Robert, it's been a great conversation and thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Jessica. I really appreciate it very, very much. And for those who are all out there that are listening to this podcast, good luck with your with your preparation for sale. And if you need anything, let us know. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week.
Hey, welcome back. And it is listing of the week. And we are talking about marketing and social media and advertising. We have a great listing to talk about today. We have Chris Beckman from Trans World Business Advisors of Long Beach and Tustin and out in California. And Chris, welcome to the show. You have a really nice listing. I, I noticed it online and I'm like, wow, I got to talk to Chris about that one. Hey, Andy, thank you very much. Uh, it's good to be on the show. And yeah, as you pointed out, this is a phenomenal listing and uh, we're lucky to have it and uh, excited about locating the right person to potentially get this deal done. Great. So tell me a little bit about it. I mean, you know, advertising agency is pretty broad. They do a little bit of everything? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's a large marketing company with over 20 years experience in the business, 23 to be exact. Um, you know, a, a point of differentiation with this advertising agency is um, they seek to fully integrate themselves into their client's team to make sure that they fully understand how they go to market. And so the owner always likes to say that if you were to look at a boardroom and he would have his team and the client's team, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference because, like I said, they want to fully integrate to add value, to build brands, and to handle all of their marketing and advertising uh, needs. Um, and so that's a point of differentiation. And the other point of differentiation with them is a lot of time when you get into big agencies, um, they have junior associates that handle the day-to-day -day interaction, and, and that's not the case with this company. They have senior-level VPs that handle the client on day-to-day -day interaction, and uh, they have great relationships with them. Wow. Sounds like a great company. And so they uh, – and I love companies that have been around for 20 years, great track records, great goodwill. Uh, sounds like they have a senior staff in place. So give us a little bit about the numbers. Uh, what are they asking? Um, is there terms available? Um, yeah. So a little bit about the numbers. They're asking just over 2.8 million, 2 million, 800,341. Uh, they did 2.4 million in annual sales in 2018, and it's got great cash flow. Their seller's discretionary earnings just under 900,000 a year. It's 871,806. Um, there are not terms available. There's no seller financing for this deal, but it has been pre-qualified uh, for an SBA loan um, with a great local bank here in Southern California. So there is financing available from that perspective. Wow. Sounds like a really, really, really good business. So Chris, what's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody wanted to uh, reach out? Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to reach out to me. You can contact me at 714-824-4492, or you can email me at cbeckman, that's B-E-C-K-M-A-N, at tworld.com. And feel free to do a Google search on Transworld Business Advisors of Long Beach and Tustin. It'll direct you to our website where you can see all of our great listings, including this one. Yeah, and we'll throw that in the show notes as well. So, Chris, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. 
Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing.